0: Come on, folks, join me! Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/drink. That's RosettaStone.com/drink.
1: So, am I have a question?
2: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Now, what's the question?
1: Don't, this isn't, don't take this the wrong way. Also, Allison, plug your ears.
2: Oh, no.
1: (laughs) So, um, I'm just wondering, I need your opinion. About this jacket you're wearing? No, about, um, how
2: my chest looks today. What? I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) look. You're wearing the wine bra!
1: Listen. Is it good? It's okay i have a lot of thoughts right now tell me. Uh, and my brain isn't really processing them because <laughs> while <well>, you're <laughs> so i don't know if you guys have seen the video yet but em made this amazing halloween video uh, <laughs> like a friendiversary video for us and uh surprised me with all these fun things and then one of the gifts i got was this wine rack it's called it's like a bra mm-hmm. where you can fill
2: like this thing with wine it's a, it's a bra with like too empty. It's like a wine. It's like a box of wine, like the, the bladder in it. Yeah, but that's what both of your boobs are held in, right? And then you put it in like this sports bra contraption, and then there's a tube, and you like it's mm-hmm. like a camelback but yeah. a bra. Yeah, exactly. But you
1: fill it with wine. So I was like, oh, this will be so fun. Like, Emma will come over and I'll like be all you know, voluptuous. It, you do. Well, look,
2: <laughs> you do look a, a little bigger.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. So while you were doing your notes, I was like, oh, this is a fun idea. Like it just came to me. And so em was finishing their notes, and I was like. Okay, I'm going to go and put this on. And so I was like, well, I'm going to put white wine in. So, <laughs> Did me, you put half wine and half red? No, no. Oh. I, I put all white wine, but it was in the refrigerator, and I didn't really think about that. Are your boobs cold right now? So I, fucking cold. I can't feel <laughs> my entire chest. And so I'm like sitting here, going, and I had this stupid ass jacket on because I didn't want him to see like the right. giant horrific bulge coming out of (laughs) and so I'm like sitting here waiting to record and I'm like em hurry up em come on like don't you want to record
2: come on I was wondering why you were uh pushing me to finish my notes so fast because 10 minutes beforehand you were like oh no rush don't worry about it and then you're like okay but hurry up (laughs) I have like ice cold wine literally strapped
1: to my chest right now
2: It's better than, like, would you rather have cold boobs and good wine or normal, healthy, average temperature boobs and bad warm wine?
1: Or no wine. Yeah.
2: You're right. I would would rather have. This is a small price you pay.
1: And then I'm walking around, and it's just, like, sloshing. So (laughs) (laughs) nobody thought about this. So I'm, like, trying to walk. I was like, hey, can you pass me that tennis racket? So I put on this absurd jacket, and I'm like. Yeah, one second, and I'm like slowly like meandering. I was wondering why you were taking so long. I was like, give me the fucking tennis racket. I need to kill this fly. And I don't know what to do because now I'm like, I guess I have to drink it all because it's so fucking cold on my chest. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's kind of like Edward Forty Hands for the millennial. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, you have to drink it all before you can take the bra. Off. Before your boobs just fall off. Wait, they're... do your boobs make a sound? it's like a boob job that was done really
1: poorly oh it's so gross
2: <laughs> oh slosh is the perfect word uh-huh. does it taste good though
1: yeah that's great although the other thing w- with it is that if you do use white wine it gets like warm a lot faster because it's like strapped to your body oh really so you either gotta chug it or like just use red wine like a
2: smart individual oh okay you can't have warm white wine and it's just not good well that was your own Oh, a hundred. I mean, it's literally pressed against something that's 98.6 degrees. Right. So. And
1: then I was like, well, maybe I'll put ice cubes in it. And I was like, well, that's fucking stupid. Then I just have ice cubes also strapped to my chest. So <laughs> anyway, here we are. That's what I'm drinking today. Give it
2: another a round or two and you'll, you'll have figured it <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway. Why do you drink? This is Gio's birthday episode. RPG! Can you believe it? I know. I was trying to figure out if we were making plans or anything for him. Uh,
1: Maybe we can try and coordinate something i was really behind this year yeah last year we had a
2: whole party for him Mm -hmm. that's where him and i sort of like bonded yeah and uh allison's birthday her whole apartment was decorated in a retired hand-me-down baby g birthday party
1: that's right (laughs) that's right that's right and they've served their purpose over the last year um but
2: yeah geo's going to be two this is his last day as a one-year-old puppy last day and i'm sad about it but So we'll have to definitely do his horoscope. That's right. A birthday
1: horoscope. Um, Aw, baby G. I also want to add that for his birthday, actually, I went to pick up some packages. They weren't for us. They were for Gio. Oh, good. So someone mailed us um, these gifts. Mm, You mean Gio? Gio. Gio. Not us. I was just the messenger. Right, right. Literally. What's in it? Okay, it says, a gift for you. Happy birthday, Gio. I hope you like this. I'm not going to say what it is yet because I want to surprise you. Stay handsome. Love you. Keep up the awesome podcast. Only you guys can make me laugh at 8 a.m. on my way to school. Jocelyn. So thank you, Jocelyn. Thanks, Jocelyn. What is it? So this is number one. Shut up. It's a white wine toy for Gia.
2: (laughs) It's a squeaky toy that looks like a wine bottle. Here, and then I'm going to give him this one. And it's it's called Kennel Relaxin instead of Kendall Jackson. (gasps) And Kendall Jackson is my stepmom's favorite Chardonnay. It's Kennel Relaxin.
1: Wait, I'm gonna give him this, and then this is the other <gasps> one—a milkshake squeaky toy. Can you give him that one? You want that? Okay, bye. Happy
2: birthday from Jocelyn. Aww.
1: So that was really sweet. I was like a milkshake and a wine. toy. That's time. adorable. <laughs> Look at him carrying it around.
2: Oh, he's so he's so team milkshake right now. Wait, I gotta get a picture too. He's
1: so happy. I'm just gonna use this opportunity to drink some wine out of this tube.
2: Anyway, thanks Jocelyn for the Instagram post. So cute. So it's Gio's birthday. Um,
1: and in honor of Gio's birthday, I want to make a little announcement. Um, one of our listeners, Jackie, um, she's having some uh, a hard time right now. And her dog, she's trying to find a home for her dog. Oh, boy. And uh, she calls her her land cloud because it's a Aww. white, fluffy, I think a great Pyrenees mix. Um, and so if you, she's in South Central Wisconsin um, and if anybody is available to like take her in. She's big. She's a hundred pounds. I pinned the post on the secret Facebook group. So if anyone needs to go, you know, get more information, you can look there. Um, and Jackie said she's willing to drive four to five hours to find her a good home because she can't take care of her right now. So if anyone, um, is available, if anyone's within four to five hours of South central Wisconsin, uh, you can contact Jackie through Facebook. She's on the secret group and that's all i just want to be able to help hopefully help her find a good home anything to help a good dog i know a what good a pup sweet land cloud and Aww. um she did want me to mention that she does have a slight tear in her acl but she walks like 10 miles a day so it's not an issue so a
2: slight slight so like slight i tear. can't
1: walk 10 miles a day and, and my acl is quote just fine <laughs> all
0: right uh, anyway so
1: my sports bra is filled with literally literally filled with wine right now so <laughs> n- this does not come as a surprise but anyway if anyone has any means to take the take her in please help please help Gio would be very proud of you Aww. that's all my notes for the day I think
2: oh you're done for the whole show
1: yeah I'm done oh I'll just carry it from here and then bye really why do you drink oh um because
2: my boobs are really cold <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> why do you drink
2: um I drink because so I'm currently trying to avoid slipping into a depression. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's not the bad part. Oh, okay.
1: Sounds pretty bad. (laughs) Get ready.
2: So usually to get myself like out of that zone is to be like, like really into cleaning. Productive. Yeah. Get my shit together. And so, and then another thing is like, I, I'm not really a candle person, but I've recently like been trying to like do candles to like, to like, you know, get my anxiety down and stuff like that. So I was with Allison last night and I finally cleaned everything. I was really productive. I lit up a candle and then we got tired, went to bed and I tried (gasps) to, no, no, I blew out the candle and then I was trying to like bring it back to like where we were leaving the candle when it's not in use. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled a little and all the wax got over my favorite sweatshirt. So now (gasps) I just have more anxiety and (laughs) I'm depressed that I can't wear my fucking sweatshirt in case I slip into a bad mood. And I just bought this sweatshirt. I it's like my favorite one, and it was like kind of pricey, so I can't get another one right off the bat. And I bet you it was one of those oil-based candles. Oh, you know it was, you know it was. And Ooh. so I felt like let me just throw it in the freezer because maybe it'll like harden, and then I can just that chip was it off. Smart. Well, it didn't work. Right. It, it so, seems smart. <laughs> so basically, like my favorite sweatshirt's ruined, and that's, I'm pretty pissed. That's actually. I'm sorry. That's really shitty. What sweatshirt was it? It was literally just a black sweatshirt, but, um, okay. We're not actually doing an ad for this, but if they're listening and want us to sponsor them, I'd gladly do it. <laughs> Cause M needs a new sweatshirt. <laughs> My favorite company is called Goodfellow. Um, it's in the men's section of Target right now. Oh. Um, it was a lot of the stuff that I recently bought that I made you shop with me on FaceTime and tell mm-hmm. me if it looked good or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm just gonna, I already told Allison I want the sweatshirt again for Christmas, which is like kind of a dinky present to like, just get me a sweatshirt. But at the same time, like. She saw how bummed out I was. I was like, I'm so upset. Aw. Anyway, if anyone else wants to buy me shit from Goodfellow, go ahead. <laughs> I'm a size large. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, that's all I got today. Cool. All I've got is a good story. Ugh. That's it? That's
0: all it. If thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water, you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo and make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside, a list of its all natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative free too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, anyway the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos serrano peppers and other savory herbs plus they've got a hot sauce with a tangy spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals it's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything but specifically I use their salsa I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast and I don't know how the script knew that. Maybe everybody eats this, but I always make toast with avocado and then I put scrambled eggs on top and I put salsa. I can't eat it without salsa. And the Green Mountain Gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to, I mean, any meal if you're me, but definitely... The eggs, avocado toast situation. Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24. And don't forget to check out their backside. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: So uh, a lot of people have asked about this, and recently a couple more than usual people wrote out to me on Twitter um, suggesting this, so I think everyone's just in the mood to hear about it. Wait, that's so weird, because uh, one of the... Sorry to
1: like, interrupt, but one of the crimes... Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, like, be quiet and suck on my little no, wine Oh no, 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 go but... One of my... Uh, one of the true crime stories I've been looking into, all of a sudden, a ton of people messaged me about it, mm-hmm. and I didn't know about it, and all yeah. of a sudden, I got... And I don't know if it... Maybe it was on the news recently or something, as, like, an anniversary.
2: I don't know, either. It's, it sounds like something like this happened yeah, too. Yeah. So this is the... Uh, Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh, So, um. Eureka Springs. What a name. And this is a real doozy. It's, it was really hard for me to break this down to the normal sized amount of notes that I use. Yeah, I noticed because I was sitting here with a freezing cold chest. That, yeah. Usually I'm done with my notes before I even come here. And today I got here like two hours ago and I've still been working on the notes because I'm trying to condense it, but so much juicy shit has happened that it was hard to pull things away. So. I can't wait. So, I'm just going to do what I do best and just scatterbrain read this out to you. But the history, it's one of those good ones where the history is like maybe two bullets and the press is just ghosts. Yes! So, alright, let's just... Let's crack into it. Let's crack into it. In 1908, the hotel was actually opened as a college. It was called the Crescent College and Conservatory for young women and served as like a basically a really rich... Wealthy Prep School. Mm, mm-hmm. Um the school closed in 1924 because they just couldn't keep up with you know the payments. Sure. Um and reopened a couple years later as a junior college, but that only lasted until the Great Depression and then they really couldn't keep oh. up with it and they just just stopped trying. But then a couple years later in 1937 it became a cancer hospital. Oh. Um it was called the Baker Cancer Hospital and it was ran by Norman Baker. Who is a character? I, why does that name? Oh, I was you're thinking th- Norman Bates. I was thinking Norman Bates. <laughs> well, he's just as crazy. Oh, boy. So um, just some backstory on Baker. He was a circus builder. I'm sorry. In Iowa. So know... he would like build the frames of tents and stages and platforms. And okay. Stuff. And you know that's because of your background. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I didn't
1: just do hours of research. It just, it just comes to me. It's not like you did, you know, plate what is it called on the plate stage? spinning plate spinning without... I'm actually really good at plate spinning oh well, believe fun me you've, you've told us oh my uh i'm just saying you know it's not like all that had to go to waste you know
2: oh baby geo just brought me my milk my milkshake squeaky he toy he knows that i'm making fun of you <laughs> i know he's like don't don't be sad don't be sad he's like i'm a therapy dog i'll <laughs> team i'll comfort team you so anyway he was a circus builder in iowa he started several radio shows um, so, you know, kind of like us. He's like us. Oh my God. But all of his, uh, radio stations, all the shows that he had, um, somehow circulated around anti-Semitic, <gasps> anti-Catholic viewpoints. Okay. He's not like us cause you're Jewish and I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Paranoid rants. That is us. No, well, that's accurate. And then he also supposedly broadcasted his own sexual encounters. <gasps> so that's you. I mean... Um, You're a dick. (laughs) And then uh, he would also play hillbilly music. So, So like me, yeah. So I'm the sexual
1: encounters in your hillbilly. I'm sorry, I lost the tip to my wine straw. Please hold.
2: (laughs) God damn it. You ready? Are you ready to rumble? Ready to rumble. So, anyway, he would uh, cover those very important parts in his radio segments. And he's also reported to have owned only purple cars, wear only lavender suits, and one day he decided he could cure cancer, um, Uh, 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 using injections of clover, corn silk, watermelon seeds, and water. Watermelon seeds. So he—that's where
1: that was his next passion project. I'm sorry, I just don't even know how to like break all
2: that down and process it. I'm not asking you to. In 1937. He opened the Baker Cancer Hospital, and he claimed a one hundred percent success rate that he would cure your cancer. So, cancer victims from all over, all all over the world, were just desperate to get into his hospital That's because so they wanted sad. to live. Oh, yeah, no, this isn't a happy story. Um, one of his miracle cures was if you had a brain tumor. Graphic. He would peel back the patient's scalp Mm-mm. and then pour a mixture of hot boiling spring water and ground watermelon seeds directly onto the brain um he's really into the watermelon it's really weird to me i mean i love a good watermelon but i don't want it on my on my brain inside your brain no inside my gut that's what i want (laughs) (laughs) so dozens uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry Oh wait i just need to tell you did you ever the rugrats episode
1: oh Oh, yeah, that's where I was going, I think. where he, is it? Chucky thinks that the watermelon's yeah. going to grow in his stomach. Was yeah. that really where you were going? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, did anyone ever tell you growing up? But, yeah, the Rugrats episode. That's where we
2: were heading? Where you
1: swallow a seed and a watermelon grows in I remember seed. that episode. It still
2: scares me. I oh, still don't eat watermelon too. seeds. Yeah.
1: You've literally just said your, you want them all in your... I don't eat watermelon seeds. Oh, oh, oh. Come on. Those just go in the brain.
2: Those those are just meant <laughs> grind them up, pour them right on. Gross. Uh, those people died, right? Oh, yes okay good i mean
1: not good I'm sorry. i meant like okay I mean, this is
2: this is like there's a story about ghosts so people have to die somewhere in between here and later okay you know yeah um rest in peace of course yes that's fucked up uh so dozens of patients died and by dozens i mean hundreds oh, um, no. baker was said to have hidden the bodies for weeks until he could actually burn them in a, <gasps> in a morgue later Because he was still probably claiming
1: he could cure cancer.
2: So because he claimed that he could cure cancer in a matter of weeks, which was his big cure. Come on. Not just cure cancer, but, you know, by the end of the month. Um, So the press was, like, eagerly waiting for the first patient to show up and be like, all right, it's been a month. Oh, no. And they kept dying. And so he decided that his next plan would be anyone who couldn't be cured would go to an asylum because they were an extreme or advanced case. Are you kidding me? And really what was happening, instead of them going into um an asylum, he was actually just killing them. Oh my god. Um that way when people uh basically no one would know that they died of cancer. They would just think, oh, they got sent away.
1: Oh my god.
2: And he would then also write to the families of those patients as if he were them to pretend that they were still alive so that nobody would catch him on the fact that they disappeared. Oh, uh- uh-huh. so he uh now that they've renovated this yeah. building they said that they've seen a lot of human skeletons come out of the walls <gasps> and they've found jars of preserved body parts uh-huh. but potentially hundreds of people died in the hospital during that time and he was just making money off it because people thought that yeah you know you're gonna save us we'll give you whatever you want um and that is like a cult that's like yeah a fucking cult leader so one investigator estimated that um Baker actually got about four million dollars out of cancer patients. Holy! At that time, at that time, Holy and it was nineteen thirty-seven through nineteen forty. Holy! And during the depression, right after the depression. Holy shit! Yeah, um, he was arrested for fraud, and then he was only jailed for four years. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And when he got out, he died of cancer.
1: No. Yes. Do you think he poured watermelon seeds into his own brain?
2: Um, he he just might have. What if, a mofo. If he believed it. I mean, Wait, that that's was, the creepy part. He really believed this. Okay. He didn't think he was, like, jipping anyone. That was my next question, was, like, he actually believed it. Yes. Holy well, God. I also remember he had several radio shows about paranoid rants. Like, he really thought, like, so he was... He was kooky. He was a little kooky. And he literally thought watermelon seeds even though nobody was getting healed what a fucking nut job he just thought they were extreme cases that he wasn't ready for because he also didn't have a medical license let's remember that he was like a a shitty dj kind of like he just had a radio show and then he was like oh i'm also a medical marvel that's me i'm gonna next my my next task (laughs) so anyway the original autopsy table is still in the morgue Mm -mm. And at one point, there were body parts kept... Oh, I already told you that, that they were uh, preserved in formaldehyde Ugh. in jars. And those jars are still no. in the room, too. Because this hotel, of course, now does ghost tours. So they take you to sure. all the main spots. They better. Um, and so they make it look creepy. The, you know, the table's still there and all I that. I
1: want to go to their. um
2: Listen, next time we find ourselves in Arkansas, we'll go. I thought it was in Utah. Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh, I don't know why I thought Utah. Eureka just... You're drinking. It's not not anyone's fault But your own Put my straw back In my mouth Um So Also fun fact The ghost of Baker Himself has also been Spotted in uh, The hotel In the old rec room Near the basement And he has also been Seen near the Um Staircase at the Bottom What a mofo Um Those who do see him Says that he looks lost And he can't figure out Where he's going It's like uh To heaven or hell Hell So (laughs) Go down sir Just keep going down Until There's only fire during the construction of the hotel um, back in the, I think, 1885, there was an, a young Irish stonemason named Michael, and he fell to his death while supposedly trying to get a young woman's attention. If that isn't fucking me, I don't know who is. I don't know. Like, I would be the clumsiest person. I mean, just ask Allison. I was not smooth. Like, <laughs> Did you fall down a well or what? <laughs> if there was a well, I would have fucking fallen down it.
1: Metaphorically, you fell down a well.
2: Oh, yeah. I've even asked her multiple times since then. I'm like, am I smooth? And she's like, no. So <laughs> She's like, let's move on and not she's answer like, that question. I, you know what? You've, you got me, and we should just focus on that. Yeah, let's move past it. So, anyway, he died, and uh, he died when he landed. He landed in what is now room 218, mm. which is now the most requested room in the hotel because it's also the most haunted, of course. Sad. So, Michael's a very active ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes to play tricks with the lights and turn them on and off. He'll turn the TV on and off and the volume. Um, also, he will pound loudly on the inside of the walls. Isn't that funny? Isn't that... Well, so kind. I was just thinking, like, oh, they're fun pranks, but, like... But, like, if you heard that, that'd be terrifying. Those don't sound like fun pranks. Well... They sound like he's like, get me out of here. It's also apparently, like, a boys-will-be-boys kind of club, because a lot of people have been like, oh, he's such a prankster, because he, like, grabs girls' butts. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's hysterical. Oh, you mean he's a sexual predator, Oh, oh, okay.
1: Oh, it's still alive and well. Boys will be sexual predators. (laughs) I'll put my straw back in my mouth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the truth hurts, guys. So he also messes with the maids. Um, oh. He does not sexually harass them. Okay. He actually does just prank them. Um, where if they're trying to, like, pull a laundry cart out of the storage room or, you know... If a guest is trying to pull a suitcase, he'll hold on to it to like keep you from being able to do it just to like kind of psych you out and then he'll let go and or like (laughs) you can even tell him like, hey, Michael, stop. I'm working and he'll let go of it and leave you alone. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. You know, he's trying to like bounce back from his predatory habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a good he's one of the good ones. I know. All of a sudden he's all changed. Mm -hmm. So he'll also show up in the bathroom mirrors and try to reach out and grab you. So, you know, I take it back, mending his ways, take back everything I said in the summer. He'll turn the heat in the room all the way up (laughs) because he's a bastard. (laughs) And in the winter, he will turn the air conditioning on full blast. Occupants of the room will also wake up to find the windows and doors wide open. Oh, and uh, there's also um, actually another ghost there in 218 who we don't know who it is, but we think it was the um, one of the lead physicians when it was a hospital, because 218 used to be where his office is. Uh, very often, they will find a, quote, gentleman, I guess, because he doesn't assault women. Sure. Um, and he wears Victorian clothing and is a bit of a grouch, apparently. But he... <laughs> Take it away, Gio. <laughs> um, guests have seen him staring at them while they try to sleep, and his eyes glow. I'm sorry, he just stares at people. Why? Why? Why do we call him a gentleman? I'm Why? confused. He will also slam the door shut on you after you try to open it. And he will push you out of bed when you're sleeping. And right when you're about to fall asleep and you're in that like kind of in between, he'll shake you violently. So you like get back up. I mean, he sounds like quite the gentleman. Well, one guy actually uh, was sleeping and felt someone shake him really hard. And when he woke up, he heard like footsteps run from his bed to the (gasps) door as if it was like like the guy almost got caught. And I think that was a doctor, not the prankster guy. I don't know. At this point, it sounds a lot like Michael. I was going to say the doctor, unless the doctor was like, why are you sleeping in my office? You know? Right. Exactly. So also in room 419, it's the second most haunted room. Oh my God. Sorry.
1: What's happening? Real quick. 419 is Alexis's favorite number and her birthday, 419 and when we lived together we saw 419 everywhere and my lucky number is 49 yeah and that was like one of the weird things we like bonded over where i was like like, 49 and she's like oh 419 and every time i hear 419 it's just
2: like oh it's a sign that's like when i see 22 exactly them literally all the time. i see 22s five times a day and
1: alexis sees 419 everywhere one time her dad woke up at 419 when he was like traveling And called her. Just to make sure she was okay. Yeah, and was like, I'm sorry, I woke up at 419. She's like, you said you didn't believe me. My mom does that, too. Anytime we see a 22, we text each other just to make sure that the other one's okay. It's just so funny. Anyway, so 419 is very, like, close to
2: my heart. Well, in room 419, where Alexis apparently lives, (laughs) um, it's known as Theodora's room. So Theodora was a cancer patient. Oh, no. um, At the time, and she, that... 419 was her room that she was staying in and it's kind of sad because she doesn't look like a patient like when people see her like she's not in a gown or anything she just like looks like a guest and um people have seen her fumbling for her keys outside of the door and she's had conversations with the guests telling them that she's tidy and will organize the room if it's messy and she's even packed guests belongings so I it's wish like, I had a ghost like that. And also as a cancer patient, it's like, okay, you can pack up my shit, but I can barely fucking do anything. And I'm like, okay, and healthy. And that's yeah. sad. And also doors will mysteriously open by themselves in that room. And the feeling of someone brushing past you happens. Oh, um, Visitors in general now, this is just the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, visitors will get touched, poked, and pinched. And one time in the morgue, there was a loud squeaking sound as if um, a gurney was being pushed. Um, You could also hear heavy sliding doors um, behind the seating areas. And basically, just it's all bad, Uh, especially in the morgue area. A three-year-old girl uh, who was on a tour with her family was silent the entire time until they were leaving a particular room. And she started saying, bye, baby, bye, baby. And that was the children's room. (gasps) Oh, my God. God. During uh, an EMF read, one guest asked if Michael was listening and whether he preferred brunettes, blondes, or redheads. And as soon as they said redheads, the meters went off, and they hadn't been going off at all all night. Oh boy! Um, in everyone's bathrooms, because remember this was like an elegant hotel, mm. um, or it is now an elegant hotel. It used to be a hospital, and after that, it turned into like this, like like croquet and golf and tea time and like lech like people who like tie their sweaters around their shoulders like my dad and stepmom have been there good oh really probably oh, my I, mom has probably, probably oh too. i
1: guarantee our parents have been there
2: and oh my mom yeah probably linda and bernhard probably played croquet together honestly not would not be surprised so uh now there's like in every bathroom there's a jacuzzi tub and the water jets in the bathroom will go on and off by themselves, even if the bathtub itself isn't working, like, if the if the water isn't filled. Oh. So you'll just hear, like, the motor running. Because, uh, just to add to that, I have a, when we moved in
1: here, the landlord was like, by the way, the master bathroom, which is our bathroom, has a Whirlpool tub. And one day I was like, I should try that out. Yeah. And I couldn't fucking figure it out. And I guess if the water isn't to a certain level, like, it won't fucking work. Yeah. So the fact that it was going off...
2: Even without water in the tub. Like it needs water to actually yeah. turn on. Mm-hmm. That's creepy. So in Norman Baker's suite, he also used to have two giant St. Bernard dogs for protection. What are you protecting yourself from, what by the, the way? Good cancer patients? From that Watermelon? That you're murdering? <laughs> so, <laughs> one, <laughs> watermelon? so one couple stayed in the room that night and uh, they stayed in the room that Nor- used to be Norman Baker's room. I would not want to stay in that room. And that night they kept hearing scratching noises in the stairwell outside the door and they kept hearing howling and like gruffs, like, like little, like, you know how dogs don't bark? They go like, boof. Geo does that. Yeah. yeah. That they when he's were mad that, that I'm that. making him stop barking. Yeah. yeah. So he just goes boof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boof. Boof.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> it- <laughs> Watching you do that is so entertaining.
2: B-O-O-F. <laughs> boof. Boof. Anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry. We lost all of our listeners. Goodbye. Except the dogs. They're all here. Every dog is now crowding around the iPhone. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, they could hear dogs essentially all night when they were staying in that room. And they kept telling themselves that uh, that there was nothing there. And then they went on a tour that night and found out that the room they were staying in was the one that the dogs used oh, to be in. Oh, they didn't know? So even the dogs haunted. Wait, it's actually kind of sad that the dogs have to be stuck there. I know. Um, so one guest... Also, uh, shouted out that she didn't believe in ghosts during a tour and then water started pouring out of the ceiling from no pipes. There was like, there was not an area where pipes were Mm-mm. water just started pouring out of the ceiling. Mm-mm. Nice of them though, to make it water, not like blood or ectoplasm. ectoplasm. At least you can clean water, you know? I'm surprised it wasn't some sort of concoction of like clover
1: and watermelon seeds. But that would have been a neat trick. Can you imagine? I can.
2: It would have been great. It would have been wild. So, anyway, let's get to this morgue, which is also called The Portal. I'm ready. Oh, my. I'm ready. So, it's uh, right outside of the morgue. Guests will, for some reason, turn pale and faint. Oh, fuck. And this has been happening for decades. And it's only in this spot. So, a lot of people lose consciousness and they they recover pretty fast. And there's no reason why that everyone across the board will just faint in this area. Yeah. Um, but... It's only known to occur in that one spot, which is, and it's like, it's in the lobby, but it's directly above the morgue. Okay. Um. Oh God, ew. Yeah. So it's not even that they know they're at the morgue. They have no idea they're at a morgue and faint because they're in a place where there are a bunch of dead bodies. They're just in the lobby or in whatever right above the morgue is. That's where they're fucking standing and they just all fall over and faint. So the guests have reported seeing, hearing, and feeling an apparition in their room during their overnight stay. Um, some have been described as getting sensations of people whistling them to sleep. Um, visitors have seen a woman in Victorian clothing at the foot of their bed. And then after the trip, they will see her in photos. Mm-mm. The chef there has seen a little boy with glasses who is skipping around the kitchen while he's trying to open up. I'd be pissed if I was that chef. I'm like, it's 5 a.m. I'm trying to open up this fucking kitchen like, and you're just skipping around like it's not 5 a.m. Right. And you don't have a job and get a job little boy also well it was also from like apparently he's in victorian clothing maybe he did have a job uh, at oh, that true. age was maybe probably, it was just to skip around he was probably a coal miner <laughs> so another time uh that same chef was opening up the kitchen again and when he turned on the lights all of the pots and pans came flying off the hooks yep i knew that was coming uh-uh one employee saw a man looking out of um like he said out of a book basically like victorian clothing like old school clothing Oh, I thought he meant he
1: was like reading a book and the guy was looking out of the book. I was like...
2: <laughs> it's like this isn't Pennywise. I this was like some sort of Harry Potter shit. <laughs> um, so he... like, they, they described him really well. They stared at him long enough to get a whole look at him and said that he was dressed in a long black cutaway coat with a tall shirt, collar, and ascot-like cravat, top hat, and his face was adorned with mutton chop sideburns. Whoa. His trousers were gray with stripes, but as I continued to gaze down his image... Um, it ended around the middle of his lower leg. It didn't go all the way to the floor. Mm. His image was there. It was completely lifelike, and it was not at all wavy or wispy. He just happened to have no legs and was floating in midair.
1: Oh, I thought it meant the pants ended, but, like, his
2: legs No, he wasn't wearing capris. He was, like... (laughs) He just didn't have legs. He could have been, like, a... A, fa- a fashion forward oh yeah he could have
1: victorian ghost that's him but uh well you know they used to wear those things and then they
2: short pants and they would have socks i got you okay you no you're right you're right you like the you don't look like i'm right oh uh, well because you weren't but oh, you could
0: knew have
1: knew it been.
0: this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one
1: website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Eating better is
0: easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. There are over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add
1: ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals.
0: Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I have found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know,
1: separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and, uh, Uh, make sure the other keeps her hands off. I
0: personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com
1: slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at
2: factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off so there was also one woman who died there named Irene castle okay and she was like a big socialite of the time she was really into dancing she taught dancing classes she helped open dance clubs like all that good stuff mm-hmm. um, one guest was giving their daughter a bath in their room and the the little girl started talking to someone who wasn't actually there oh no, no 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 and she said that she was standing behind the girl was she said that she was talking to the person that was standing behind her mom, but her mom didn't see anyone, and the mom thought it was unusual because her child was saying words like pirouette, ballerino, tango, and someone was saying, "You're a princess, I'm a castle," and they didn't know what that meant. And then they real when they went downstairs to talk to uh, the front desk, they said, "Oh, um, that's she. She was literally saying she's a castle because her name is Irene Castle." <gasps> My and she god. used to stay in that room. Oh my fucking god! During during her dances. Wait, so the little girl was saying you're a princess. The little girl, like the mom, was saying, "What is this oh, person what is saying, she saying to you? you?" And she's saying that I'm a princess and she's a castle. M. I know, but also love that log line. Like she. Like, as a ghost, she's still witty and creative, being like, you're a princess, I'm a castle. Definitely. But it's very, like, a Real Housewives intro. Absolutely. I'm writing that down for a future pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, also in room 419, a camera kept going off. Um, this is Theodora's slash Alexis's room.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And a camera kept going off and taking pictures sporadically by itself, even after the battery had drained out. When they developed the pictures, it was... Um, the pictures were showing different parts of the room all from different directions, but when the camera was freaking out, it was sitting still on the table. Oh. Um, also orbs will fly not just around people but through them. Ooh. There is a smell of uh pipe tobacco in room two twelve. Um, and I think that's where Dr. Ellis used to leave his office from room two eighteen and go smoke. Okay. Um, books will fly off the shelves like frisbees and emf meter will speed up or slow down on command um one guest while she was on a tour saw a man in a hospital gown say what about my treatment oh my god and when she thought she was crazy she saw um two other women who were on the tour standing next to her and they kept double taking behind them and they said that through their, like, peripheral vision, they had just seen a man in a gown at, at the exact same time she heard the man that she saw say that. Oh, no, 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 no. One guest got goosebumps and then found it really hard to breathe. And then other people on the tour at the exact same time said, does anyone else feel that? We can also hear a little girl giggling. And while they were saying that, the tour guide seconds later said, well, at this exact spot, a little girl landed after falling to her death from the fourth oh, floor. no. So they were standing in the spot where she landed and they were hearing a girl giggling and oh, they felt goosebumps. Oh my God. Um, one guest saw... Th- the list just fucking goes on with this one. I'm th- totally This is it. what we started the podcast for. Oh, yes. So one guest saw a ghost sitting at the bar in the lobby and tried to speak to him, but he was ignored and he just kept staring ahead like this ghost kept staring ahead and looked real enough for someone to want to approach him and yeah. have a conversation. Another guest also came into the bar after the first one and tried speaking to that guy. And he also got no response from this apparition. Um, So both of them walked away and like looked behind them and the guy was gone. Mm. And they're like, that's weird. Maybe he got up and left. When they turned back around, he was on the second landing staring down at them. What? what so then they ran upstairs I don't know why you would run to the thing that scares you no but as they were running to it it faded away in front of them and then they both felt something that they couldn't see very firmly pushing them back down to the lobby no thanks um locked French doors in the lobby will fly open and spirits will walk through walls right into people's rooms Norman Baker has, like I said, has been seen in the basement rec room and near the foot of the steps. And he freaked so many people out in the basement rec room that the basement rec room is now closed. For good? For good. Whoa. That being said, the switchboards in the lobby will regularly show that calls are coming from the basement. No, no, M. no. And it has been locked up for years, but the staff, anytime they get a call, will still go down there to investigate. And there's never anyone there. The phone, it does isn't even attached to the wall anymore. And they'll come back up. And then there's several calls coming from the basement, from Um, everywhere where there used to be a phone down there.
1: um, Can you imagine being that employee and they're like, and you're like, your turn. You're like, new (laughs) on the job and they're like, by the way, so whenever a phone call comes, I need you to go downstairs and investigate. And it's like, (laughs)
2: yeah, you probably have to draw straws who has to go down there. Oh, yeah, imagine like, their idea of tenure is like i don't have to fucking go in that basement anymore (laughs) that's right um people have seen the little girl that fell from the fourth floor they've seen her falling again Hmm. as if they're like watching her death happen so they'll think a little kid is falling off the railing which is traumatizing to watch yeah and so they'll call like the front desk and be like i just watched a little girl plummet to her fucking death and they're like no 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 she is fine
1: (laughs) ha ha ha
2: um that's normal There's also uh, several nurses that, in the middle of the night, are pushing dead patients on gurneys down the hallways. No, thank you. Which is the time that the nurses used to push the dead patients to the morgue to keep the people that are still alive with cancer, thinking that... Nobody's dying. And they also didn't know that there was a morgue at the time. Because they were told they were going to live 100% success rate. No one was going to die. So, why would you need a morgue if you're going to live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Also, at least once a month, there are guests that are sleeping on the couches in the lobby because they're too afraid to be in their own rooms. Some guests have complained that they wake up to find their clothes scattered throughout the room and their bags entirely unpacked. They need to call Theodora. I'm saying she will fix that shit right up. She's on it. Her cleaning unmatched. Room 419. (laughs) You find her there. (laughs) Um, The hotel's dog, Jazz. It was the hotel's owner's dog. That's sweet. Um, refuses to stay alone, um, on the upper floors because that's where most of the ghostly sightings have been Mm-mm. and not big, not for that reason. Like she doesn't know that we've yeah. reported those sightings, but she's like, listen, I've listened to, and that's why we drink podcasts. And she's like, told me I've been here. I've been there. I've been around. I'm not interested. <laughs> so at the end of tours, um, this is a good one at the end of a tour. Um, usually the lights will come up. In the morgue, because they it ends in the morgue, and they'll turn the lights on, and they will the guide will ask people, do you want to go in the morgue and have us close the door behind you so you can be in the pitch black morgue by yourself? No. Well, they do that in Alcatraz, too, and I've done that before. You told me about where that. Where they put you in solitary confinement by yourself. No, thank you. Um, so, like, dream team squad goals, a mother and son. Yes. We're like, we want to do it. And so they went into the walk in cooler and oh. then the door got shut behind them and it was totally dark in there. And after about 30 seconds, uh, the mom was banging on the door saying, please get us out of here. My son is sick. <gasps> and, uh, once they pulled her out because she's a good mom and didn't hug her child first, she was like, you guys have to see this. And so she pulled out her phone cause she was recording at the same time. And she there was a glowing dot over her son's head the entire time, which began swinging back and forth. Another orb began glowing next to it and got so bright that it was brighter than a camera flash. And then it like immediately went dark, but you could still see it floating around above him. And then it went into his head. (gasps) And that was the moment that her son started getting really nauseous. And you can hear him on the on the video go like, I didn't see this. I'm reading a description. I don't know where to find this video. But uh, then he was saying, I don't feel good. And that's when she banged on the door and said, yeah, I like, feel sick. let us
1: the fuck out.
2: Yeah. But then she showed the video and you can see something go inside of his head. And that's when he started feeling nauseous.
1: It's like, I want to do these things because I'm like, oh, that'll be cool to experience something. But then I'm like, if something went into
2: my body or <laughs> right. like my friend's bo- oh, just the thought. So some guests claim to um, that at one point in the middle of the night. This has happened to a few people, that in the middle of the night, guests will scream and run out of their rooms, saying that they have seen blood splattered all over their walls. Oh, fuck. In room 202, there is a misty figure, uh, there's a picture, and the photo is of a misty figure slouching in the closet, like he's just leaning in the closet, but it's definitely a human being, like a human body figure, um, hanging out in the closet. Wait, what do you mean, like a picture? Like someone took a picture in room 202. Oh, not like a framed <laughs> I you portrait. meant it was
1: like a framed image. I was like...
2: <laughs> no, someone took a picture of the closet and there's definitely a, a figure of a body just leaning in there. Nope. And when the guy took the picture of that room, he was the only one in the room. No, thank you. Ghost hunters came to the hotel and they got a thermal camera image of what looks like a human body in one of the rooms, like just walking around. And that's considered like a big deal yeah. like to get a human figure on a thermal imager, reader camera yeah and so after that episode came out even more people showed up sure but all of a sudden it became like a huge paranormal like destination hotel and wow. so now approximately 30,000 people go on the tour every year 30,000 30,000 holy shit so that's the hotel but i will end on the fact that just like the menger hotel menger everyone yelled at me about it the Menger Hotel. Why didn't they yell at me? They probably did. I don't. I, I don't even want to know because I just saw your M. face get so frustrated.
1: They did, and I got eight thousand emails and Twitter DMs on our account pages.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Menger, 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 Menger. Just like that hotel, how they had a like a house drink. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Crescent Hotel also has a house drink. What is are it? you ready for it? Yes. It's called Liquid Therapy. <laughs> And it contains Malibu, melon liqueur, pineapple juice, and fruit garnish. Can we talk about how it has
1: melon liqueur? Watermelon? Like, melon? Oh, that's fucked up. That's so fucked up.
2: That's fucked up. They don't do that. I'm sure they did that on purpose. Well, they said it's a signature green cocktail named for the Norman Baker era. Totally melon liqueur. That's fucked up, dude. Anyway, there is the Crescent Hotel. And it cures cancer. And, oh, here's the thing. Tell me the thing. Tell me to listen. (sighs) Tell me to listen. I'm always telling you to listen. No, but do it again. Do it the way we all want to hear it.
1: Listen. There it is. I
2: drank too much of my brat wine. Oh, you getting a little loopy? Not loopy. Just like, you know, popcorn. You know how like, oh, okay. I was going to say, you know how when you're watching a movie and you're not even cognizant of how much popcorn you're shoveling in your mouth? uh Uh-huh. Were you doing that with the wine? Will yes. I, there it is.
1: You know how when you have like a drink with a straw and you were just kinda like, you're just kind of like... just slurping away and you don't... That's the problem with this thing is it's like it's a straw so you just have it in your hand <laughs> and you don't feel
2: like... You don't have to pick up a glass. Right, right. And you can't see how much it you're drinking. It just gets you good and drunk without even knowing how much you're drinking. And yeah, you can't see how much you're drinking because you it's all in your boobs right now.
1: You can't. It's all in my boobs. My boobs are getting smaller and smaller. I tell you what. But your stomach's getting bigger and bigger. Oh, it is. As and usual. so is your ego, I'm sure. Th- I mean, those two are always on an upward trajectory.
2: <laughs> okay. Anyway. Enlighten me. So
1: I don't know if you have been watching Mindhunter, have you, or no?
2: Not yet. I almost made... Made. That was rude of me. I almost asked Allison to watch it with me last night.
1: I almost forced her by gunpoint to watch it with me.
2: Well, literally, as I was about to say, do you want to watch Mindhunter with me? I hear everyone's freaking out about it. She suggested a show, and so now we're probably going to watch that first. Wait, which show? I don't remember, which is why I didn't say it. Okay, so you have not
1: watched Mindhunter. No. Moral of the story. Okay. So I watched it twice because I watched it once at home when I was in Cincinnati. And I asked my brother because we wanted to watch it together. I was like, oh, do you mind if I watch it myself? Because he was going out to meet his friends because he's super popular and I'm not. Right. And he was like, no, no, go ahead and watch it. And so I I like binged the whole thing while I was visiting
2: home. Was it so good? So good.
1: And then I got back and Blaze goes, hey, I have a surprise. And I'm like, what? And he's like we're going to watch Mindhunter tonight. And oh, I was like, so
2: sweet. Wait, I Did you like,
1: tell him I watched it and he was like, Oh, I thought we were going to watch it together. And I was like,
2: Oh, I thought that was my brother.
1: Oh I my God. Said that too. You suck.
2: You know, you should have just kept your mouth shut and just been like, Oh wow. I'm so excited to watch it for the first time with you. I can't. And then been like, I have a hunch. Something really cool. is about to, happen." I'm a good liar, but I can't lie because I, my guilt, oh, I would have absolutely lied. I would have, I would have been more guilty about the fact that I watched it. Before a but promise I didn't got remember. fulfilled. I literally
1: said, no, I but I want to watch it again. So I was like, let's watch it again. And it, watching it again, I got so much more because I was like, oh, like, because it's such a sure. crazy, like, psychological show. Um, so anyway, point being, I watched it twice. So good. If you guys haven't seen it, I know people have been not into it. I don't know, but I love it. Um, and basically, a lot of the episode uh, or a lot of the series revolves around edmund kemper the co-ed killer co-ed killer got it and interviewing him and the interviews that they do with him actually if you once you watch the show seriously if you watch the they they've made videos of the uh interviews that they do with the actor who plays ed kemper on the show and the real interviews that they did with ed kemper on film Mm -hmm. and the actor has just it's so creepy to watch. Like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. How, like, he's got all his tics and mannerisms down and, like. That's crazy. That's a good actor, too. Yeah. And it is creepy as fuck. Because it's, like, a real, like, it's actually what happened.
2: Weird. So it's, like, very
1: based in reality. It's, it's creepy. Anyway, point being, I'm trying to be timely and hip. So Ed Kemper is the. Cool. Subject. How of relevant. Today's story. <laughs> I told Blaze that and he's like, wow, how relevant of you. I was like, <laughs> shut up. Oh,
2: that's because i'm just trying to be blaze every day of my life
1: you really are just like halloween in case you're wondering em and allison dressed up as blaze and me for halloween and if you haven't seen the photos just go fucking look because i can't even
2: (laughs) it blew them away we also we had been planning this for a long time so we actually stole they broke into my house we didn't you gave us the key that was your own well i mean for emergencies this was one (laughs) okay When Christine left, she gave me a key in case anything were to happen. I could get into the house. And then the next day, Allison and I were just shopping around at Goodwill. And I saw a white coat. And I was like, look, I'm a doctor. I'm Blaze. And then I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we dressed up as them for Halloween? And then we both looked at each other. (laughs) And we were like, this is exactly what we're doing. And... At one point, Allison was like, I just really want to get clothes that I know Christine would wear. It's such a shame we don't have a key. And I was like, we do now. And M turns to look at Allison like a good 80s movie. I was like, as of 10 hours ago, we have a key. So we went into our house. We stole fake Geo. Um, and we stole him for, like, two weeks, and you never made a comment. Uh, we had a whole alibi in case you we were like, have you seen Gio? And we were like, no. Like Fake
1: Gio, by the way, if you don't know what that means, is, like, this cuddle clone thing that my brother won at this raffle where you could get your pet cloned as a life-size stuffed animal.
2: It looks exactly like him. Yeah, it does. And so we were like, oh, we'll go as Christine, Blaze, and Gio and be the whole family. So fucking funny. It was really funny. And then, you know, we, you know, we did the whole thing, and we got to the house, and Christine and Blaze were like, what the fuck are you? And then realized, like, two seconds later, they're like, oh, my God, we're looking in a mirror. I mean, Allison literally had my—was it my brother who gave her the sash? Yeah, she had the I'm the bride sash. Like,
1: Miss to Mrs. Engagement sash, and then— uh was wearing like my favorite like nightgown t-shirt with leggings surprise uh and (laughs) And a glass of wine and oh my god
2: she took the ring okay do you remember when i texted you that when allison texted you the picture of the ring oh i was pissed okay so a while ago when when allison and i were planning this she was like i absolutely need a ring so i can clink a glass because that's what christine likes to do and so i went to my work which is a prop house and i got a ring and then th- that night I had her wear it and I was like, tell Christine we got engaged. Tell her we got engaged for your birthday. It wasn't funny. It apparently was not funny. I was at a concert, a Fall Out Boy concert, <laughs> like 10th row. Like anyway, it didn't land. It no, didn't it, land. It didn't land. But, uh, but so that was where the ring came from. We've had it for that long.
1: And I, suddenly I felt a lot better because I texted Renee. I was like, okay, there's a reason they had that. They didn't like just get a ring just to fuck with me. Like it was for no. a costume.
2: Yeah. We had it to be you actually so really it turned into an entirely form of flattery
1: yeah well and so then allison came in banging her fake engagement ring on a and that's why we drink wine glass i mean it was (laughs) i laughed for three hours straight like i could not stop laughing and then allison i put our hair up in buns without doing it on purpose we both just turned around and i was like our hair's the same way and it looked even more realistic it's actually very creepy so go look at the photos
2: Anyway, and M got like a fake badge made that said, like, Blaze Lampignon w- with his photo. Oh, yeah, I got it. his, I made a uh, his hospital badge at work. Em was and wearing scrubs. I had a stethoscope and I wore it the same way Blaze wears his. Uh huh. But the best part was when we came into your house, we tried to tear your house apart and tried to put it back. So that you wouldn't know anyone had ransacked your home. But we dug through every single box of clothes and every like we looked through everything in your fucking place, trying to find the exact shirt that you would absolutely wear but wouldn't know was missing. It's that's that's quite a feat that you did. Anyway, so Mindhunter? So let's go back to my story.
1: <laughs> um so Edmund Kemper the Third was born December 18th, 1948 in good old Burbank, California. Of course. Where I work now. As I also triangulate my workplace. There it is. Um, is. Let's talk about his
2: youth. Oh, goody. So he was born weighing 13 pounds. Yowza! He, speaking of watermelons, <laughs> Jesus, that's <laughs> a big fucking baby. I weighed like 11.5 pounds, by the way. I was born two feet tall. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what that correlates to in weight, but I know I was a big fucking baby. I imagine you just, like, standing. Essentially. When you were born. Um,
1: yeah, I was, I was a jibemongous baby. Anyway. Um, he was intelligent, but exhibited antisocial and psychopathic behavior, such as cruelty to animals. Mm-hmm. When he was 10, he buried his family's pet cat alive. Ah, fuck. Alive? Alive. Oh, my. Waited for it to die. Jesus. Then dug it up, decapitated it, and mounted its head on a spike. Holy shit. Ten years old. Oh, great. We've got a lot to work with now. We're on the first paragraph. Woof. (laughs) He later said that he... You mean meow? Meow. (laughs) He later said that he found pleasure in lying to his family about killing the cat. Gross. When he was 13, his family had another pet cat. Not for long. Not for long. Uh, He decided that the cat favored his little sister over him, and he didn't like that. So he killed it with a knife. All right. And then kept pieces of it in his closet (gasps) until his mother found them. (gasps) Um, He also did this really fun thing with his sister's dolls. Uh, They were like these sort of dark rituals that basically ended with him removing their heads and their hands... Uh, one time, his older sister was teasing him and asked him why he didn't try to kiss his teacher. And he said if uh, if he did, he would have to kill her first. Oh, shit. And speaking of his teacher, he would take his father's bayonet, go to his second grade teacher's house, and watch her through the windows. Oh, my God. Uh, some of his favorite childhood games to play were gas chamber <gasps> and electric chair. Oh. Do you want to know how to play those games?
2: I Yeah. Uh,
1: yes. So he would have his younger sister tie him up, flip an imaginary switch, and then he would pretend to die of either gas inhalation or electric shock on the floor until he was "quote unquote" dead. (sighs) Wow! And he just made his sisters like play with him. Um, He just uh, just all right. He just like played death, dead. All right, all right. Um, He did actually have two near-death experiences as a kid. Uh, At one point, his older sister tried to push him in front of a train, and then she pushed him into the deep end of the pool where he almost drowned. Buddy survived. Um, he was really close with his father, but his parents separated in 1957. And he just had this crazy dysfunctional relationship with his mother. She was, like, neurotic, um, domineering. She was an alcoholic. She would verbally abuse and humiliate him. Um, she even made him sleep in a locked basement uh, because she was afraid he would, like, hurt his sisters.
2: Which... Kind of don't blame her. The, which... Well, I mean, fucked up, but I also don't really blame her. But, like, at least there was precedent for it yeah i mean <laughs> like, like if she was doing it because he like was a kind polite boy mm-hmm. that'd be absolute abuse but also like she's kind of protecting her and her other children sort of put a pin in that oh my
1: um so he was at, and so she would mock him for his large body size he was six foot four by the age of 15 Yowza. she refused to give him affection because she thought it would turn him gay
2: Okay, so you know what? Okay, you're right. I'm going to take that pen back out.
1: Yep, take it out. Uh, and she told him that he was a reminder of his father and that no woman would ever love him. Um, and uh, didn't she love his father? I don't know if she loved him.
2: Okay. She just kind of like... Oh, 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 oh. I understand got, what's happening. I was like, she's kind of an idiot. I thought she was saying that nobody would ever love his father. And I'm like, she kind of no, 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 did no. something with him. No, she told him... He reminded her
1: of his, his father and no one would ever love him. Yeah. Gotcha. That was me being stupid. Let's just say that experts who look back now often say that um, she may have suffered from borderline personality disorder.
2: Ah, my favorite.
1: So when uh, he was 14, Kemper ran away from home to find his father in Van Nuys, California.
2: Oh, where I work as I triangulate my position in the world. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, his dad had remarried and had a stepson, and he lived there for a little while, but uh, was soon sent to live with his grandparents on a ranch in North Fork, California.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He absolutely hated it there. Uh, he called his grandfather senile. He basically projected his hatred of his mother onto his grandmother, mm. so he just hated it. Um, she said he said she was constantly emasculating him and his grandfather. Um, so let's move on to August twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four. What? kemper and his grandma whose name was Maud matilda huey kemper oh, great name i just included it because i was like someone oughta. you know it's a name it's, someone oughta. it's quite a name so he and his grandma had an argument uh he stormed out grabbed the 22 caliber rifle his grandfather had given him for hunting oh jesus he walked into the kitchen and his grandmother told him not to shoot any birds instead he shot her directly in the head and twice in the back of course why wouldn't you He proceeded to stab her post-mortem, then dragged her body into the bedroom.
2: That's some anger problems right there.
1: P.S. He's 15 at this point. Uh, When Kemper's grandfather came home from the grocery store, Ed went outside and shot him in the driveway. (gasps) Even his grandpa? His grandpa. Then he was like, wait, now what do I do? Right. So
2: guess what he did? He put them in the morgue and pretended they were alive and wrote to their families (laughs) saying that they were okay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: no what he called it he called his mother oh of course he uh his mom told him to call the police which he did Mm -hmm. and he just waited at the house for the police to show up all right so they just took him into custody and brought him in they asked him why he did what he had done and he told them he just wanted to see what it felt like to kill grandma yep i mean i mean i mean (laughs) When they asked why he killed his grandfather, too, he said, oh, well, I didn't want him to come home and find out his wife was dead. Kind. I know. So thoughtful. Um, So court psychiatrists diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia and sent him to the criminally insane unit of the Atascadero State Hospital. While he was there, though, doctors and social workers completely disagreed with the diagnosis. They said he had no delusions, hallucinations. um, They didn't think he was schizophrenic. And he had an IQ of 145. Which is very high. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was re-diagnosed as a sociopath? I mean, yeah. Okay. Watch Mindhunter. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. it. That's a a trailer for Mindhunter. I understand. He was re-diagnosed as having a personality trait disturbance, passive aggressive type. Passive aggressive? I could have had some roommates that I... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Could label as passive aggressive type, I tell you what. Yeah,
2: I have some (laughs) exes.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, maybe it's a self diagnosis, but let's move on. (laughs) So, uh, let's see. Like all good psychopaths, Ed was a model prisoner. Okay. And he, you know, was rehabilitated by prison.
2: Right. I can't wait to hear how that worked out.
1: Oh, yeah. He endeared himself to a psychiatrist and was even trained to administer psychiatric tests to other inmates. Uh, He later said that working so closely with these tests and how they functioned helped him to manipulate his psychiatrist. Hmm. He also said he learned some other lessons from the sex offenders who were there, including the lesson that it was best to kill a woman after raping her (gasps) to avoid leaving witnesses. Oh, my God. So that's a great start. On his 21st birthday, which was December 18th, 1969, Kemper had, quote, proven himself rehabilitated and was released on parole. Against the recommendations of psychiatrists at the hospital, he was released into the care of his mother.
2: Oh, great. Who
1: was then working as an administrative assistant at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Um, In fact, psychiatrists considered him so rehabilitated that they permanently expunged his juvenile record. So he had literally killed his own grandparents, shot them. Mm -hmm. In cold blood. In cold blood, and they thought he was so rehabilitated that he should have that struck from his record so it wouldn't affect him later in life. Jesus Christ. Uh, The last report from his probation psychiatrist described him as, and I quote... A very well-adjusted young man who has initiative, intelligence, and is free from any psychiatric illness. It is my opinion that he has made a very excellent response to the years of treatment and rehabilitation, and I would see no psychiatric reason to consider him to be of any danger to himself or any member of society. So, bullshit. Let's get into it. Bullshit. So Kemper tried to become a state trooper, but he was rejected because at this point he was six foot nine and weighed about 300 pounds.
2: Yeesh. He's
1: it's a big boy. Fucking gigantic. It's a big boy. Um, he remained friends with Santa Cruz police officers. He would hang out with them at a bar called the Jury Room, even though he had been rejected from uh, police duty. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, his relationship with his mother was just Hell. It was turmoil. He described their fights as horrendous, violent, and vicious verbal battles um, over just the stupidest things. They were never they w- never got along. Um, so he saved enough money to move in with a friend in Alameda, mm-hmm. California, um, and apparently he still couldn't escape his mother, who would literally just call him all the time and show up for surprise visits at his apartment. So like. They fucking hate each other, but she would just always be like mm-hmm. there, you know. Right. Um, and so, and he was also still dependent on her because he didn't have a lot of money. So sometimes he'd have to like live with her for a few months, and right, just a bad situation. So, 1971 uh, was a particularly eventful year for Kemper. He was 23 years old. Um, he got a job working for the highway department. He began dating a 16-year-old high school student. Oh, my. Uh, who he later proposed to. Okay. And he was hit by a car while out on his motorcycle. Probably for the best. So, w- unfortunately not. What? With the money he got from the suit against the car's driver, Ed bought a yellow 1969 Ford Galaxy, and during his drives, he began to notice a large number of young women hitchhiking. okay. So, it's just crazy how Domino, like yeah the domino effect of he got hit by a car but with the money from that he got
2: he bought his own car yeah ugh, just, like he was probably just better off ugh, just so that f- makes you think though because like if you think of horrible horrible people and you it's like what would you do if you you know came face to face with this yeah. person and you would think oh i'd obviously want to hurt them but it's like maybe that would benefit them later it's like maybe you just shouldn't yeah maybe that's the trigger that creates the monster yeah basically
1: so he noticed these hitchhikers, and that's when he started packing tools in his car every time he went to drive. Okay. Uh, you want to know what these tools are? Let me guess a shovel. Actually, no, no shovels. Oh, interesting. Mixing it up. Uh, plastic bags. Oh, no. Knives, blankets, and handcuffs. Oh. He then began to pick up hitchhikers. He actually picked up 150 hitchhikers, brought them to their destination. And let them go, before ever feeling the homicidal urge so strong that he had to act on it. But he remembered 150. Yeah, he said. Well, he said it was about 150. He's like, damn. He said he packed. Actually, it was weird. He said he packed all those tools in his car in case those homicidal urges came resurfaced. But for 150, he was able to control himself, and then, and he even called them like perfectly acceptable victims.
2: Oh my gosh. He's like,
1: I picked up probably 150 acceptable victims, but was able to just drop them off without incident. Imagine
2: being one of those people now and looking back and
1: being like, I could have died. It's like all those people who have Ted Bundy encounters, you know, it's fucked up. Yeah. So, uh, he eventually said his homicidal sexual urges came back. Um, he called these urges, his, Little Zapples. Mm. Something about that. Little Zapples. Fuck off with your cutesy terms. (laughs) Um, So this is where things kind of just spiral. Wonderful. So in May of 1972, Kemper was driving in Berkeley when he picked up two 18-year-old hitchhikers named Mary Ann Pesch and Anita Mary Lucessa, who were students at Fresno State. And they were trying to get to Stanford. So he drove them for about an hour um, before bringing them to a secluded wooded area. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was actually familiar with because he was working for the highway department. So he right. was really familiar with all the like surrounding woods. Um, he handcuffed Pesh and locked Luchessa in the trunk. He then stabbed and strangled Pesh to death and then did the same to Luchessa. He later said that while he was handcuffing her, he brushed the back of his hand on one of her breasts and it embarrassed him. So he said, whoops, I'm sorry. And then murdered her. Whoops, my bad. He was like, yeah, I was embarrassed and I felt bad. So I apologized and then fucking murdered her. I know. I just don't know. I know Um, on his way home. So he put their, their bodies in the trunk and on his way home, he was pulled over for a broken taillight. This is like a fucking movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pulled over for a fucking broken taillight, but didn't arouse any suspicion. Psychopath. Um, He took the bodies into his apartment and had sex with their corpses before dismembering them, putting their body parts into plastic bags and abandoning them near Loma Prieta Mountain. This is... I'm gonna say a thing that he did to almost all his victims. That's just fucked up. Uh, He had... Sex with their severed heads before disposing of them in a ravine. That was one of his, like, things. Wow. That he did. Wow. (sighs) Okay. On September 14th, 1972, Kemper picked up a 15-year-old Korean dance student named Aiko Koo who had decided to hitchhike to dance class because she missed the bus. He drove her to a remote area, brandished a gun at her, then locked himself out of his car by accident. Yep. But he somehow convinced her to let him back in. He was like that manipulative. Jesus. Uh, He proceeded to... As soon as she let him back in, he choked her uh, unconscious, raped her, and then killed her. He put her in the trunk, had drinks at a nearby bar, then left the bar and opened his trunk to admire his catch like a fisherman, is what he later said. Jesus. Back at the apartment, uh, he had sex with her body and disposed of her remains. It's really fucked up. Aiku's mother put up hundreds of flyers searching for her and looking for any answers. Got nothing. Um, It was just completely a dead end. Um, On January 7th, 1973, Kemper was living with his mother again. Um, He was driving around the Cabrillo College campus when he spotted 18-year-old student Cindy Shaw. He drove her to a wooded area and shot her, then brought her body to his mother's house, where he kept her in a closet overnight. Ew. When his mom left for work the next morning, he raped her corpse, removed the bullet from her, and then dismembered and decapitated her body in his mother's bathtub. Oh, my God. He kept her head for several days, having sex with it regularly, then buried it in his mother's garden, facing upward toward her bedroom because his mother, quote, always wanted people to look up to her. Uh, that's Sick. Sick. Then he threw the rest of her remains off of a cliff. Oh, okay. (sighs) February 5th, 1973, Kemper got into a heated argument with his mother and left the house in search of victims. Because, you know, how else do you blow off steam? Right, of course. Um, there were suspicions of a serial killer preying on hitchhikers in the Santa Cruz area, so students had been warned not to get in any cars unless they had university stickers on him. But lucky for Ed Kemper, his mother worked at the university, so he was able to get a sticker from her Fuck. and put it on his fucking car
2: Jesus, so that
1: he could drive around. And so he found 23-year-old Rosalind Heather Thorpe and 20-year-old Alice Alice Helen Allison Lou on the UCSC campus. Uh, According to Kemper, Thorpe entered his car first, and that reassured Lou to also enter. Uh, He fatally shot both of them and then wrapped their bodies in blankets, brought their bodies back to his mother's house, uh, but he beheaded them in the car first, then brought them inside, raped their bodies, Mm -hmm. then dismembered them, removed the bullets to prevent identification, and discarded their remains the next day. When questioned as to why he removed the victim's head before having sex with the body, he explained that the head trip fantasies were a bit like a trophy. You know, the head is where everything is at. The brain, eyes, mouth. That's the person. I remember being told as a kid, you cut off the head and the body dies. The body is nothing after the head is cut off. Well, that's not quite true. There's a lot left in the girl's body without the head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. On April 20th, 1973... Ed Kemper was at home when his mother got back from a party. Uh, He woke up when she arrived and entered her room where she was reading a book. She looked at him and said, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. He responded, no, good night, and left. As soon as she fell asleep, he bludgeoned her to death with a claw hammer and slit her throat with a knife. Shit. He decapitated her and then had sex with her head. Oh,
2: my God. The same
1: way he did with the others. Um, then he took the head, put it on a shelf, screamed at it for an hour, threw darts at it, and then ultimately smashed her face in. Fuck! He cut out her tongue and larynx and put them down the garbage disposal. (gasps) Apparently the garbage disposal couldn't break down the larynx and it came back up into the sink. Oh my God. Um, and he later explained that that seemed very appropriate because quote, as much as she'd bitched and screamed and yelled at me over so many years. He then raped his mother's corpse, hid it in a closet, and then went out to drink.
2: Fuck, wouldn't you?
1: (sighs) Jesus Christ, that's a fucked up man. When he got home, he called his mom's best friend, 59-year-old Sally Hallett, over to the house for dinner and a movie. Oh, my God. When she arrived, he strangled her to death, decapitated her, and then spent the night with her corpse. Then he stuffed her body into a closet and left the police a note that said... No need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible, murderous butcher. It was quick, asleep, the way I wanted it. Not sloppy and incomplete, gents. Just a lack of time. I got things to do! Exclamation point. Oh my god. So he left in Sally Hallett's car driving east and was listening to the radio, trying to hear if anyone was going to report on the murders. Right. By the time he got to Pueblo, Colorado, he hadn't heard anything, so he found a phone booth and called the police to confess. Because that's what his mom told him to do last time? Maybe. He just was like, all right. So like, I already right, have had enough of this. He killed his mom. That was kind of, I think, the, like, the crux of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, they didn't take him seriously because, again, he was a friend of theirs who always drank with them and hung out with them yeah. at the bar. So they were like, oh, come on, stop it, and hung up. And so he waited several hours, called again, and was like, no, like, I killed all these people and gave details that only the killer would know so they finally believed him he then just sat there and waited in his car or in sally's car i guess uh until the police got there and he confessed to all of the murders including those of the six students jesus which is why he's called the co-ed killer he was killing students um he was indicted on eight counts of first degree murder on may 7th 1973 um, a psychiatrist revealed to the court that Kemper had admitted to engaging in cannibalism, alleging that Kemper sliced flesh from the legs of his victims, then cooked and consumed the strips of flesh in a casserole. Um, on November 8, 1973, the six man, six woman jury convened for five hours before declaring Kemper sane and guilty on all counts. He asked for the death penalty uh, requesting death by torture. However, uh, there was a moratorium placed on capital punishment by the Supreme Court at that time. So instead, um, he received seven years to life for each count of murder uh, to be served concurrently and was sentenced to the California Medical Facility for incarceration and medical observation. So as of now, this year, 2017, Kemper remains among the general population in prison, is considered a model prisoner. Of course. He's in charge of scheduling other inmates appointments appointments with psychiatrists, is an accomplished craftsman of ceramic cups. Uh, He's also, this is interesting, a prolific reader of books on tape for the blind. Huh. A 1987 Los Angeles Times article stated that at the time he was the coordinator of the prison's program and had personally spent over 5,000 hours narrating books. I mean,
2: I want to like give him an applause, but at the same time, it's like, of course it's just gonna kill time oh yeah like congratulations you get to read aloud and yeah. get attention
1: for it from the fucking los angeles times yeah um so if you watch mind hunter you know that uh his interviews were extremely helpful for the contribution to understanding the mind of serial killers which was kind of like the basis of all mm-hmm. these interviews they did the fbi did with him um fbi profiler john e douglas described Kemper as among the brightest prison inmates he's ever interviewed and capable of rare insight for a violent criminal. Uh, he's very forthcoming about all of his crimes uh, and like his mental state and what he was thinking when each happened, uh, very self-aware. Uh, and he said that he, he has said that he participated in the interviews to save others like himself from killing. He even said at the end of um, an interview, uh called Murder, No Apparent Motive. I guess that was either a TV movie or a Mm -hmm. book. I don't know. He said, There's somebody out there that is watching this and hasn't done that, hasn't killed people, and wants to, and rages inside and struggles with that feeling, or is so sure they have it under control. They need to talk to somebody about it. Trust somebody enough to sit down and talk about something that isn't a crime. Thinking that way isn't a crime. Doing it isn't just a crime. It's a horrible thing. It doesn't know when to quit, and it can't be stopped easily once it starts. But there's okay. always that grain of salt that, remember, this guy's a fucking psychopath, and he knows how to play people, right? Right, right, right. So he also said there was a Cosmopolitan magazine reporter who came and um, interviewed him and asked how he felt when he saw a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And he said, one side of me says, I'd like to talk to her and date her. The other side says, I wonder how her head would look on a stick. Oh! <gasps> And that is the story of Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer.
2: Wow. Sorry, I, was, I, I barreled through that, but I had a lot of notes. No, <laughs> I did the
1: same thing. Jesus. Whew. Can you imagine being that writer for Cosmopolitan? They're like, hmm, okay, high heels. You get the high heels story this week. You get like the sex, the Kama Sutra yeah. article. Oh, and you
2: also get Kemper and, and why don't you possibly go... mo- yeah, assaulting women
1: before and yeah. after death. Why don't you interview him about murdering his Heads mother. on a stick. hmm jesus christ yeah so that's that fucked up guy and i only knew part of it because i watched that show and i was like whoa what a fucker and then i read it and i was like what a fucker oh my god like he played fucking gas chamber as a kid like what the fuck with this guy Yeah. so anyway he's still just like doing his thing in prison well good for him i guess i do recommend you guys look up the if you've seen mine well a watch mind hunter but B, look up the comparison side by side of the interviews between the real Ed Kemper and the actor. It is
2: like no, I'm for sure gonna watch it. Chilling, yeah, yeah that's awesome. It's crazy. Well, not awesome. Fuck. You well, know I, what I no, mean? No, it
1: is. It's like fascinating. Fascinating it's, like, is a good word. It's really incredible how the actor was able to like pick everything up. Yeah.
2: Well, Ooh, it gives me chills. Happy birthday, Gio.
1: (laughs) I know. I was like, I don't know how to do this for his birthday. So I just kind of separated it from the story. You just
2: totally uh, devolved from that. I actually
1: did Google dogs that saved potential victims. And it was like, we don't, Google's like, stop. We don't, (laughs) we don't know what you want. (laughs) Google's like, look, even I can't, I don't know what to do with that. They're like, put your wine bra on and do something else. (laughs) Do something else you're good at.
2: Well, so then do we have a, uh, um, a geoscope oh, a happy beat a geoscope boy. let's look up the geoscope Geo.
1: everybody drink people have made drinking games where every time you call like geo and every oh, really? time i say listen like, people drink oh you they guys must be wasted 10 minutes in there's
2: my sleepy boy my good baby baby oh such a sweet pup okay you woke up from your nap just for this. Oh, man, you're so sweet.
1: Also, happy birthday. A lot of people have said they have the same birthday as Gio, so oh,
2: happy birthday. Happy birthday to everyone from Gio with Love.
1: As a Scorpio born on November 5th, your artistic talents are matched with the shy and determined. That's false. Determined <laughs> personality. You have a gift for the arts, although you may not expose those talents often. Well, um, that's for sure.
2: The art of snuggling, maybe.
1: Oh, God, help me. <laughs> You are determined in your efforts and will always do the work necessary to reach your goals. While talented, you have no desire for the limelight. Also false. Aw. <laughs> Baby G. Okay. So, all right. So I found the Onion one um, that they're in recommended to us. Scorpio horoscope this week. Truth be told, you haven't been a very good father. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's not your fault that the mothers of your children haven't informed you of their existence. <gasps>
2: Do you think there's baby Geos out there? Oh, can you imagine if there was a baby... I would lose my fucking mind. I've thought about that. First of all, I like how it says multiple mothers. (laughs) Let's (laughs) not forget about that. Me too. But I do think if I found out right now that Geo was about to be a dad and there was a litter of puppies coming, there's no way I couldn't adopt one. Like, my mom has... I've told my mom, like, what would you do if I got a dog? And she's like, honestly, you're fucking 25. Like, I can't tell you not to get a dog. And... In my mind, I always think like I should get one, but I also know that like I just couldn't handle one right now. Like yeah, it I couldn't looks a afford lot. one. I couldn't like I wouldn't have the time to take care of it. But if I found out that Geo was about to be a dad and there was a puppy Geo out there, I would be like Fuck it. I'll figure it out. You actually would not because I would keep all of them. <laughs> but I'd want just one. Could we make a system where like I would just swap them out every week? Like I'd take one home. Yes. Oh it was so cute. Oh my god, if
1: okay. We, I, we I need, need to calm down. Clarify <laughs> that Gio has been neutered and there will be zero puppies coming.
2: Oh, but Because I'm a
1: be. good human and I know there are plenty of dogs that need to be adopted. Baby G, We so don't need sweet. to make more of them. But Gio is a a mutt and a half he's my little baby mutt and there are lots of other cute
2: mutts this is my like bob barker psa Spay okay and neuter your pets well um hopefully we have a good happy birthday with baby g tomorrow i'm so excited i have lisa blazes on lisa sent um a
1: package of dog cheesecake mix so you can make like a cheesecake for your dog perfect <laughs> i will be there can you eat it can humans eat it too i don't think so oh fuck i'll make something else for us
2: well um we'll we'll see if if you guys are interested hopefully you're hearing this you know soon enough that you can also follow my snapchat story of whatever happens oh yeah we'll be snapping away um thank you guys for listening you can uh keep Reaching out to us. We have social media galore. Galore. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, ATWWD podcast. How many Facebook groups do we have? Just Just the secret group. Just the secret group. I mean, they can like the page too, but the The page is the not so
1: secret group, is right. what You're saying I it, understand. That's just like liking a page, but the secret group you can join and like chat
2: with everybody. It's really fun. We also have our website, and that's why we drink .com. We mm-hmm. have our shop, and that's why we drink We have our Patreon. Please donate, please, please, please. Atwwdpodcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our email, and that's why we drink at gmail.com. And you can write in your listener stories, either true crime or paranormal. We put out an episode at the first of every month. Um. Do we have anything else? Well, we're gonna
1: do another Facebook Live soon. Oh yeah. When's that? We have a tripod and an iPad holder, so this time we're not gonna fuck around with all that noise that you guys were irritated about. What um, are we doing? I don't know. What day can you do? Next week, sure. Is Let's it, do one next week. Next weekend. Next. Well, yes, next weekend. Okay, Saturday or Sunday. Isn't it usually Sunday at three? Uh, it's usually been I think Saturday at three, but I can do or wait or is it Sunday at three?
2: I think it's Sunday at three. Let's do Sunday at three. OK, so next Sunday at three o'clock <laughs> <laughs> and that is how we
1: do things here as I'm like pulling my straw up to drink out of my bra uh, next Sunday, November 12th at 3 p.m. All right. Work for you. Works for me. 3 p.m. Seems to for you be a guys. good time across the board we don't care if it
2: works for you Okay, we're going to make it happen we're, we're going to do it anyway so um, thank you for all your support thank you to all of our Patreon donators thank you to just everyone being so kind and all your good words and thank you for all the presents especially baby G's thanks Jocelyn alright thank you guys and that's why we drink and that's why we drink
1: oh, that was pretty damn
2: good <laughs> wait here
1: I'll slosh <laughs> too bad I've drunk so much of it that it doesn't slosh much anymore
2: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.